Hello and welcome to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. Uh, in this episode, I will be looking at the Black Pits of Luna, which is the final of the of the future history stories we'll be looking at before we move on to uh, Red Planet. There'll be one more short story, Our Fair City, which is I think a fantasy story. Doesn't quite fit into this sequence of uh, of stories we've been looking at, um, but. Um, but yeah, this sort of ends uh, a cycle of, of, of four tales we have, we've been looking at since we finished up with Space Cadet. Uh, this was originally published in the Saturday Evening Post in January of 1948. Um, it has been since republished in uh, The Green Hills of Earth. So uh, thematically, it's, it's very similar. Um, we're, we're finding a common theme actually here in, um, in a... a the Long Watch, um, Ordeal in Space, and Gentlemen Be Seated. Especially this is really close to Gentlemen Be Seated thematically in that it's about the kind of people who belong in space or can handle space or, or should be there and the type of people who should probably never leave Earth. Um, the conclusion of Gentlemen Be Seated was essentially a space tourist realizing he really can't ever be one of these moon men. He's not. He's not cut out for that. He can't handle the risk. He's. He's not that quite that that character of person. Um, and of course, this is the common thing we've seen throughout these stories, going back to like Green Hills of Earth or even Space Jockey. And um, it's great to be back. Really, it's it's great to be back because maybe the first story we looked at that really hits this theme, is that there are Earthlings. And, you know, and that's a, a character trait almost. And then there's people who by their nature, by their character, by their ambition, by their dreams must set out into space and that these are not the same set. And, and there's something essential in one's upbringing or, or behavior or, you know, or, or character that makes it poss impossible to make that transition. Just some people are hardwired for, for this type of adventure. And it's not a judgment on either side. In fact, I think Heinlein is quite sympathetic to the earthling type characters. He's uh, just saying that, yeah, that over time, humanity is going to verge into two different groups because of space. And I think this all comes to a head in uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, which is really about that. It's about ultimately the break between uh, Earth and the moon. Now, this story, uh, The Black Pits of Luna, has another interesting feature that's, that's going to come up a little bit more in, in Heinlein's work, especially as juveniles, and that is his Boy Scout um, explorations. He, he seemed to be a bit uh, a fan of the Boy Scouts and a fan of what the Boy Scouts were trying to do, um, you know, provide some supplemental education to boys beyond what they're getting in school and, and an education based on uh, certain values, right? The Boy Scout oath, the Boy Scout law, these values are, are basically good. Uh, I, I guess I could break them down and have my questions about some of them, but Heinlein certainly thinks these are the values that are going to um, bring us into the future, right? Of, of, of kind of a future-driven, forward-looking humanity. 
Um, and so that's why he had that interest in Boy Scouts, I think. Um, and so we see it here. We see it in Farmer in the Sky, I think. Is that the Boy Scout one? Um, Tenderfoot in Space. Um, there's a story or two. Maybe Tenderfoot in Space was published in Boy's Life. Uh, or maybe it was Farmer in the Sky was originally published in Boy's Life, serially. Boy's Life, of course, was the, is the Boy Scout um, magazine. I don't know if it's still in print. I assume it is. So um, anyways, our main character in this story is is Dick, Dick Logan. He is a Boy Scout uh, and he is on a vacation uh, to the moon with his family, his parents and his little brother. Um, and they want to see the real moon. It's like like in Futurama, right? Fry wanted to see the real moon. They want to see the real moon too. Um, after visiting, which means they want to go to the dark side of the moon, see the black pits of Luna. All right. Now, I think at this point, I don't know how much we knew about the black pits of Luna. We know uh, Heinlein has an interest in the other side of the moon. He made a big deal of it in rocket ship Galileo. That, like, the question is, does the moon even have a back side? You know, and there was that whole thought experiment about the scientific method and, and how we can prove there's a backside to the moon. Um, but certainly he, he had an interest in what's back there. And, and so we have here posited that the, the black pits of Luna are on the other side of the moon. Um, and, you know, the people on the moon, the, the, the loonies, tell him, um, yeah, you can't go there with, with kids. Uh, it's, it's too dangerous, right? It, it's dangerous for us even. So you're not going to, we can't really allow it. But, but I guess before we get there, there's a lot of setup of, of these tourists coming to the moon. Um, and it's, it's some of our, of our best descriptions of the moon, actually. I think better than what we get in the last story. Um, quote, the trip only takes about 10 minutes and you don't see much, just a glimpse of the Earth while the rocket is still near Luna City. And then not even that, since the atom plants where we were we were going are all on the backside of the moon, of course. There were maybe a dozen tourists along, and most of them were drop sick as soon as we went into free flight. So was Mother. Some people will never get used to rockets. End quote. So immediately we're setting up that he's a little bit different from the rest of his family and the other tourists who get drop sick. He doesn't. Um, and of course, uh, while the family is more or less convinced at the end that the moon's not for them, he's an exception to it. Going on, but Mother was right as soon as we were grounded and were inside again. Rutherford isn't like Luna City. Instead of extending a tube out to the ship, they send a pressurized car out to latch onto the airlock of the rocket and you jeep back about a mile to the entrance to underground. I like that, and so did the runt. Dad had to go on business with Mr. Latham, leaving Mother and me and the runt to join up with a party of tourists for the trip through the laboratories. It was all right, but nothing to get excited about. So far as I can see, one atomics plant looks like another. Rutherford could just as well have been the main plant outside Chicago. I mean, to say everything that is anything is out of sight, covered up, and shielded. All you get to see are some dials and instrument boards and people watching them, end quote. So uh, we're also setting up that on the surface level, there is not that much difference, but if you go on the surface or if you go, I mean, there are fundamental differences, but not what the tourists see. So this is the tourist experience, right? The tourists always, when they go to other, maybe not always, but often when they go to other countries, they're given the at-home experience, essentially. They stay in beds that are like at home. Their hotel rooms are familiar with them. They 
they interact with people who speak their language. Um, the, uh, a comfortable environment is created for them. Right now, if you go to more exotic places, of course, you have less of that experience. But I think pretty much now, any country you go to, you can have a relatively safe, comfortable tourist experience. That's not going to really challenge your conceptions of, of the world. And it's up to you to venture out to see the rest of the 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 rest of that society that culture you know to have those more daring experiences but you can be a tourist and never actually have those you can just go on the tour guides right where you're you're kind of completely ensconced in a in an artificial constructed experience and that's what they're getting here um but they want to have a little bit more and especially dick is interested in more so they want to go on the surface so, um, but eventually they do convince the people on the moon that they want to go on into space and there's a whole, like to go on the surface and there's a whole issue with like not having a space suit for the little kid, the younger brother. And so they actually have to borrow a space suit from, from someone else's kid, some moon man's kid. And they eventually go on the surface, but the baby wanders off. And then the second half of the story then becomes uh, like a rescue mission. And it's a really kind of, you know, it, it's a little bit heart racing. It's pretty clear that this boy is, is going to run out, or out, you know, he's going to run out of air pretty soon. And he's not, doesn't have that long to live. And also the moon surface, it's dark. It's, it's the dark side of the moon, of course. It's difficult to find. Uh, in any in individual, it's not clear where he wandered off to. It's not really fully charted land. Uh, and they were right. Yeah, maybe Earthlings shouldn't just wander around on the surface of the moon without proper training and experience and, and equipment. It's kind of actually unrealistic that they even listen to these little kids begging to see the, the, the lunar surface and they went along with it. I mean, I don't know. He, he wants to see the inside of the, new, of, the, of the atomic power plant, too. And, and they don't let, just say, oh, fine, you beg. I'm going to let you in. Um, but, it, you know, you need this for the plot because um, they send out volunteers who go out to try to find the boy. None of them do. And finally, Dick says, like, I can find him. I, like, I have this, like, weird uh, psychic connection uh, you know, I know where he likes to hide because we play games. We play hide and seek and ghost in the graveyard and those other types of games. I can find him. I, I have that, you know, I can kind of grok where he'll be. And so he kind of knows where his, his brother would like to hide. So he goes and finds those hiding spots and eventually, uh, but then he's told like, well, now you're just going to be lost. And he's like, well, no, no, you have someone follow me. Right, someone who knows his way around, follow me, and once I find the kid, you'll be able to guide us back, both back home. All right, great, it works out, um, and eventually he does find his his brother, and he is um, returned to to the base, and the family is reunited, um, even though he's kind of in rough shape, the the little kid. So that's really all there is to the story. I think there's all there's. Um, Obviously, there's the, the overall theme that these people from Earth, these tourists, don't really belong on the moon, can't really survive on the moon, and, and really shouldn't be there. They, they, 
if they're there, they should be there, like, protected. If they go out, they're going to get lost, they're going to die. And there, there's really a growing gap. That's the whole theme of the Green Hills of Earth collection, I think, is the growing gap between the people on Earth and the people in space. Um, and, yeah, there's connections between them and interactions between them, but those interactions are of are cross-cultural, right? And, and there, there's, a, there's a growing gap between the experiences of both and, and the understanding of both, right? Which is, of course, going to lead ultimately to, to an, uh, an absolute total separation of the two. Um, just like, I guess, Methuselah's children in a way. It's that like we simply end up with different groups of humanity. Um, if, you know, if one does, you know, takes a certain path, and the others don't, you're going to get divergence and, you know, over time, just like with any cultures and languages and anything else in, you know, that we study in you know, like geography. It's like there's enough separation, you're going to get different ways of life. Um, it's, not, it's not a value judgment, really, although there's a hint of it perhaps with Heinlein seeing this, you know, he's obsessed with this idea of like a, of a post-human kind of triumphant man. But it's, you know, I don't think these stories themselves are very, are judging the humans who stay behind, just saying that there is a different type of character who is going to thrive in space. So anyways, that's one theme. The second theme I do think is this tourist experience and the limitations of it and, and how you can't escape that bubble, that tourist bubble without risk. And our characters are willing to take that risk. And they pay a price for that. They almost lose their family. Um, I mean, that's they potentially could have lost both of their sons if this plan didn't work out. Um, but he's a Boy Scout, right? So he's able to use his his courage, his faithfulness to his family, and all those nice Boy Scout values to go into you know venture out. Now, the final theme, I guess, is a hint that is a reminder that these characteristics that make people suited for space are not genetic. Are, they're not inherited in that it's hinted strongly at the end that the, that the narrator here, Dick, the good Boy Scout, is going to have a future in space. Uh, the this is how the story ends. He tried to write out a check for Mr. Perrin, but he brushed it off. I don't need any rewards. Your boy found, found him. You can do me just one favor. Yes, Dad was all honey. Stay off the moon. You don't belong here. You're not the pioneer type. Dad took it. I've already promised my wife that, he said, without batting an eye. You needn't worry. I followed Mr. Perrin as he left, and I said to him privately, Mr. Perrin, I just wanted to tell you that I'll be back, if you don't mind. He shook hands with me and said, I know you will, Shorty. Um, and that is how the story ends. And it's, it's a pretty good one. Um, so I rather like The Black Pits of Luna when the title... Um, kind of promised a little bit more maybe drama and excitement and action than we actually get but in fact the story was actually very very chilling when the boys lost and although you you do kind of predict that he'll be found at the end and you you kind of guess that it was going to be the boy scout who did it um that was not hard to predict but it, there was still like a significant amount of tension in the story um and i and i think he's done a, at least this is probably one of his best looks at this question of you know, the difference. And I think by focusing on the tourist experience, as he did in Gentlemen Be Seated, but not, it's not as clear in that story as it is in this one. Um, it, it's a way to go at that, right? Um, he tried that before by having the lunatics, 
that's the Philip Dick word, the, 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 the moon men come back to Earth and not fit in anymore. We've seen soldiers and explorers come back and not fit in in Earth anymore due to trauma. We've seen the, 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 the poet, the poet of the, of the space uh, ways not be able to come back to Earth, although desiring to it to, to come back. Earth becomes just a memory, a song. We've, we've seen this explored different ways, but this gets right to it. It's like the, you can go to the moon as a tourist, and that's it. And we actually see this in, as, in Moon as a Harsh Mistress as well, in terms of culture, where it's reflected. And we get a little of that here, too, but that's not his focus yet. I think all of this is building up to the Moon as a Harsh Mistress, which um, is quite a few years away yet, um, maybe 15 years away um, in Heinlein's career. But... Um, but he's setting the seeds for that, that wonderful story. So anyways, that's it for now. The next story we're going to look at uh, before getting into Red Planet is Our Fair City. So that'll be next. Uh, so for now, let me know what you think of the Black Pits of Luna. And I'll see you next time.